0: Man, you, you know, uh, it, it's just really cool. Great place for us as a body. You know, we're, we're in a transitional kind of season and, and uh, a lot of exciting stuff happening. And let me tell you why, why we're seeing it is because decisions that have been made. Right. You know, we, we saw 25 people uh, baptized this last week. Why? Well, because the decisions they had made. You know, decision, that word is, is, a, is an important uh, word. It comes from the same root word as the word incision. You know, when you make a decision, it actually means to cut away. You know, it's like when you walk up to your f- favorite fast food counter and order, and they might have 50 items, and you say, I'll have that. It's not actually that you've selected one. It's that you cut away 49 other things, or at least you should have. You really don't need three items. Just pick one. And and uh, uh, you you know it's cutting things away. When when you got married, you didn't just pick a wife. You cut out all the other women. Man, do you, do you feel that really weird response? No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Okay, okay. Uh, that's the problem with with a, that's the problem with a lot of relationships is that they think they can you know this one's mine and then i'll take that one and that. no 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 when you make the decision you're cutting away some stuff and a lot of us a lot of us need to learn to remember what we decided what we cut out you know, when we make the decision to follow Christ, we, we, we're actually uh, not only embracing God life. This is the problem that we see every, every day working with people. And, and, you know, we love people, but it's crazy because we all kind of have some of the same tendencies. And, I, you know, we, we, we make a decision to go after God life, but we don't realize that in order for that decision to actually be effective, it means that we've cut out anything that ain't God life. Well, yeah, I live by the grace of God. No, that's the problem. You're not living by the grace of God. The grace of God is not a blanket you hide your sin under. It's an empowering agent that enables you to do what you couldn't do before, to live without some of the stuff that you've been living with. You you have been empowered by God to live a life that pleases God. The Bible says that we have already received all things that pertain to life and godliness. One translation said God has already given you everything you need to please him. But you, but you have to live a life. You know, remember, remember the Bible uh, where it says, come out from among them, be ye separate. You know, I'm not talking about being weird. I'm talking about living a life that's so stinking effective that people around you can't believe that that's you so they know it's God. Huh? The, the, you know, you're going through some of the same stuff they're going through, but yet you're getting a different result than they're getting. Why? Because you're doing it God's way. Well, that don't make sense. Exactly. Because there, there, there's a peace that passes all understanding, right, that we're able to, to tap into. Why do you think in, in, in the word, why, why could God look at you and say, rejoice in the Lord always? What do you mean Always. Always. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation, moderation is simply a word that means selflessness. Let your moderation be known unto all men. Let let the whole world know you ain't living for you no more. Come on, let the whole world know you ain't living for you no more. Let your moderation be known unto all men. And, you, you know, with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, you know, guys, you know, a lot of us are looking for that peace, but we're, we're, we haven't cut away all the stuff that's creating the havoc yet. You know, we got all kinds of chaos in our life. That's the stuff you want to cut out. Hello? Why? Because we're supposed to be demonstrating Satan's defeat. You know, in, uh, in John sixteen eight in the Amplified, it says when he comes and they're speaking of the spirit. So this was written before he came, but now you and I are living after he came. So he's here. Okay, but he's talking about when he comes, but now he's came, so now we got what he's talking about that's coming. Right? So what he said is going to come, came, now we got it. Look at your neighbor say, we got this. Okay, when he comes, look at what the Spirit's supposed to do. He's going to convict and convince the world and bring demonstration to it about sin, about righteousness, and about judgment. He's going to convict and convince and bring demonstration. How's he going to do that? Through the life of a believer. You, you're supposed to be living a life that demonstrates Satan's defeat. All right, look, look at verse, when it talks about, you go on later and read this, uh, uh, but I think it's verse 11, when it's talking about the judgment. Uh, you're not talking about your judgment. The, the ruler, the evil genius, the prince of this world, Satan, is judged and condemned, and sentence is already passed upon him. You're supposed to be demonstrating Satan's defeat as you are led by the Spirit. Well, how, how, do, how do you do that? Well, you go back to, to the previous verse that we read in, in 6 where, where it says that when the Spirit comes, he's going to convict and convince. You, you know, what we have to do is we have to live by conviction and, and we have to be convinced ourselves that God's way is the right way and it's the only way for me. You know, that that's, that's that thing, uh, you, you know, where I already quoted verse 2, uh, you know, don't be conformed to this world. Well, the first verse says, "I, I uh, beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a uh, living sacrifice, holy, and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service." Right? Uh, you know, I uh, and so then, then when when you are transforming your mind, so that you might know that the will of God. And I love the amplified. It says, "For you, that you might prove to yourself that God's will is good, acceptable, and perfect." You you need you know be, you can't convince the world how good God is if you ain't convinced. You, you know, uh, you know, I, I, I like to talk about the three chairs. You know, the third chair that that's that's just conflict. You know, you, you just you're in conflict with, with everything. You know, the second chair is compromise, and that's where it it just depends. You know, who are you? Well, it depends on where you are. You know, if you're if you're if you're out with some worldly friends, you're pretty worldly. If you're out with some Christian friends, you're pretty Christian. That's where that's where most of the church sits. But then that first chair, the chair of commitment. It's where you're living by conviction and you are convinced God's way for me is best. And 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 you know, the, the more you move yourself towards that first chair lifestyle, the more you begin to recognize when you're moving back over to compromise. Because you'll find yourself right in the middle of something going, what am I doing here? You know, I'm not necessarily talking about a location, but just a just a just a place in life. How in the world did we get? How? What are we doing with all of this? You know, what's all this fighting about? What's all this upset stuff about? You know, uh, man, we got to get back over here, and because God's way, I'm convinced that that God's way is best for my life, and we we got to live with this conviction. Come on, somebody. We we gotta live with conviction, and and we gotta move away from from you know. We need to be Christians of conviction instead of Christians of convenience. You know, because most of us and 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 you know today today I I just. uh, you know, I, I need to challenge you. I need, I, need you to, I need you to relax a little bit and, and, and not, you know, don't don't assume, man, he being mean. No, I need, to, I need to challenge you today because God has opened a door for us. You know, by, by the end of September, if everything works our way, you know, we got 30,000 square feet over on Okanagan, and we're working with the city, and what we're going to do is move over in, by the end of September. Our plan is, if we can get this all worked out, is to move over there, and we'll do what we're doing here. We'll, we'll do it over there in a part of the building while they renovate the other part. Okay. And when we get there, you know, because uh, I think a lot of times our mindset is that, man, it's going to be so much better. It's going to be so much easier. No, it's going to be so much more work. You know, uh, we, we've been brought to a place, to a threshold, and the door has swung open. And now it, it, it actually requires a higher level of obedience. Hello? To whom much is given, much is required. And so, you know, I kind of got to talk to you like a pastor today instead of a chaplain. I know a lot of people, you know, they, they, want the, they want their preacher to be a chaplain. Well, number one, I ain't your preacher. I'm your equipper. You're the preachers. Okay? Your life is a sermon, and you're preaching to the world, and I intend to equip you to get better at it. Okay? But I, I, I can't pat you on I Guys, here's the deal. You're doing a great job. 25 people baptized last week. I mean, obviously, we're doing some stuff, and, and we're accomplishing some things. But I, got, but I got to challenge you today that really what God set in front of us is like an opportunity to, to go someplace that we ain't never been before. It's not about, it's really not about a building, but it's about the ability to increase an influence and to make a bigger difference. And, 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 you know, some of you guys come here and, and you sit through the services here. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you could do it anywhere, but you sit here and you sleep through the stuff. I'm thinking, what the heck? Why do you even come? You know, not, I don't want to offend you if you're sitting there with your eyes closed and you're, 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 you know, if I'm interrupting your dream, but I'm just thinking, give me a massive break. And that's, that's, what, that's why, there, you know, joy That's why there ain't no victory. That's why there ain't no breakthrough. Because you're sleeping through your life. You get involved if it fits you. You participate as long as it doesn't mess up your other plans. And I don't necessarily think that that's a life inspired by the Spirit of God. I think that's your spirit. And I I think that that's going to just wreak havoc in your life until you get your big boy pants on and say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to live God life. And I'm going to live it his way, only his way. And when I slip out of that first chair, I'm going to fight my way back. I refuse to accept anything less than God's best for my life. Well, that's easy for you to say. You get paid to be good. Don't go there because that just means that you're good for nothing. Okay. Okay, Mark 8. I just got to roll here. Got to roll. Mark, Mark 8. Starting at verse 27, Jesus and his disciples, they're leaving and they're going out to Caesarea Philippi. That That's, you know, sometimes we kind of just flash through the Bible. We need to understand this. This is way up in the northeast corner of Israel, and it's a very, very unholy place. They're kind of like out on a mission trip, and this is where the altars for pagan worship were all set up, and on the road, he asked his disciples, he's on the road, and he starts drawing them into conversation, and just remember that any time that God asks a question, it's not because he don't know the answer. It's because he's leading you someplace. He's leading you somewhere, and he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I am? And uh, and he's trying to take them through conversation to a place to, to broaden their perspective. He's going to change the way they think. That was his role in their life, and he's changing the way they think. Verse 28, and they answered him, and they said, Well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say one of the prophets. People are actually, this is actually what, these are the rumors. This is the statements, and, and this is what people are saying, and Jesus. Jesus is wanting his disciples to actually look past all these answers, and what he wanted to show them was a very clear insight as to how confused the world was. And you know, these guys that are that are uh, uh, that are given these answers, um, you know, you got to understand their culture, their religion. They they all believe in reincarnation. You know, you go to Nepal or India or uh, Thailand and you get around uh, some of the different uh, uh, religions and belief systems. And, you know, uh, these guys believe, you know, for a Buddhist, there's absolutely really no chance of them ever making it to heaven. I mean, if you live a really, 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 really good life, you might come back as a cow. I mean, if you mess up, uh-oh. You don't want to know what you're coming back as. And so these people actually think, well, "Wow, that's you know John the Baptist reincarnated. You know that's Elijah, and he's back, and, and and he's wanting them to see just how confused the world is, and that their thinking is off. And sometimes I think we need to stop and ask ourselves, what what, what about us? How's our thinking? You know, and, and, and he asks, he, he goes on in verse 29, he says, Who do you say that I am? And Peter, you know, he just, Peter, he's just Peter. He just can't control himself. He just blurts out the first thing that pops in his head. And he says, You're the Christ. And he's right, but he still doesn't see everything correctly. And because he's thinking, along with all the other guys who didn't say anything, the other guys had a little bit more self control. Peter's answering, he's outspoken. But see, their mindset was because the Jews had always been believing that, that about an earthly realm. There's, you know, hey, a king's going to come and he's going to rise up in authority and he's going to have thrones and the people who are close to him, guess what? They're going to have thrones too. And he's thinking, you know, here, here's the deal. Uh, all of us are going to have uh, earthly national notoriety. We're going to have authority, and, and we're hanging with you for that purpose. And and, and uh, you're going you're to rise up, and you're going to relocate the position of our people, and, and it's going to be awesome. And Jesus, in verse 30, strictly warned them that don't tell anybody who I am. But then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things, be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes, and be killed. Now, you want to talk about changing their perspective. They're, they're looking for, for this uh, opportunity to be in authority and have control in an earthly realm, and Jesus began to teach them, here's what's going to happen. See, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be rejected instead of accepted. I'm going to be killed. And... He's, verse 32, I like what it says. It says he spoke this word openly, and then Peter, Peter was PO'd. because this shook his world too much, and he takes Jesus aside and began to rebuke him. Notice it says began, because it don't go well when you're rebuking Jesus. Okay, just heads up on that. Uh, Verse 33, that when he turned around, Jesus, when he turned around and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, get behind me, Satan. And notice what it says, for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. You want to make sure that that's never you. That you are, no, don't be more mindful of the things of men than you are mindful of the things of God. Now, if you're going to forget some stuff, don't forget what God said. Forget what they said. You know, uh, you know don't be more mindful of the things of men. And i got to tell you something, that, that's, that's like a cancer in the body of Christ. We're more mindful of the things of men than we are the things of God. Somebody say amen, because I'm going to preach about it anyway, so you might as well act like you're in agreement. You know, this is what's wrong with most of us is that we have been, uh, you know, we've been led off into convenient Christianity. And when he called the people to himself in verse 34 with his disciples, he said to them, whosoever desires to come after me. Look at that comma. Who desires? We could talk a long time about, you know, if you're going to follow Christ, you're going to have to have some desire. You know, and that might be a great question for us to start with today is do you have any desire to really be a follower of Christ? Because if, if you desire to follow him, you're going to have to let him define what a follower is. We, we ain't going to go with your definition. We're going to go with His and you know and, and, and we we kind of pause this verse right here in the middle just so we could think about it for a minute because if you want to come after me if you want to be a follower what do you think is going to come after that comma if you didn't already know what the scripture said what would what would, what do you think they're thinking it well if you desire to come after me here's what you're going to have to do you you know you should go to church and be in service it, every time it fits into your schedule you know you should you should offer to help out now and then as long as you're not too busy, you should give some of your money when you got a little something, something left over. Uh, be sure to let everybody know how lucky they are that you're here because you're a real blessing. Hello, you know this is the mindset that we that we come to the body of Christ with. You know, I I, I want to ask this question and just 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 to get us to thinking. I'm, I'm not not being mean. I just want to ask this question. But. You, you know, just think about where we are—not where we're going, but where we are. You know, we are sitting here, and it's a miracle. Okay, we, we got a what was four point two million dollar building. Okay, four point two million dollar building, and uh, which, by the way, that's paid for. <laughs> no, we got nothing left. <laughs> you know, and we're, we're going to have to raise some money because we need to do at least $1.2 million renovation. Of course, you know what I'm believing for? I'm believing for more of the dirt that's around there. I'm believing for two-story buildings sitting on that dirt, not, not just, you know what, at first I just thought we should get the dirt for parking, but I really believe that we should build some buildings and we should have some retail downstairs and housing upstairs so that when we bring in uh, interns, we have a place for them to live. And, uh, you know, I'm believing God for some big things. Okay, but here's my question for you. How many people, if we took you, you, how many more people like you would we need to accomplish what God's called us to do? I mean, at your level of participation, at your level of giving, at your level of, you know, ownership, at at your level of of service, you, you serve the body. How many more people like you do we need to watch the children in the children's ministry? How many more people, I mean, what, what, what are we, I mean, what are you believing God for? You believe in God that, because if, if, if you multiply you, could we ever accomplish what God's called us to do? And if the answer to you is, well, let's see, we need, we need uh, uh, $1.2 million, so we're going to need 1.2 million more people so that we can each give our dollar. And as far as uh, helping to park cars... Well, I'm, you know, that's not my gift. Because I don't like weather. <laughs> now, now, obviously, again, what we've accomplished is way bigger than we are already. But it, we, we get a God response from people who have given, you know, all in to God. So we've seen the miraculous. And I think God wants to do really big things. I think, I think that's his desire. But I don't think everything that God asks you to do, that you should rely on him doing it while you watch. I know what you're thinking. We should have gone camping this weekend. <laughs> I, I told you. Jesus is about ready to answer this question, if you desire to come after me. Look at at the rest of the verse. He says, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Uh, To deny yourself. You want to be a Christ follower? You have to start denying yourself. Yeah, but I I wanted to do that. Yeah, I know. Uh, You know, I, listen, there ain't nothing wrong with going camping. I'm not picking on that. You know, the, there ain't nothing wrong with riding your bike or driving your car. Or, man, man, I'm really pumped right now because my Camaro sitting out in the, out there, finally got it out of the body shop. God, this is so awesome. But I tell you what, the, and the people who know me will tell you this truth, the minute, I mean, it wouldn't take me 30 seconds if I heard God say, what I want you to do is sell that and put the money in the building thing. I'd, well, my first thing would try to sell it to one of you. <laughs> just trying to get your money in that building thing, <laughs> you know. Just, you know, just start to try to help you out somehow. You know. uh, but you have to deny yourself. Most of us are wanting to celebrate ourselves, our importance, our position our opportunity i need to have a voice i'll get involved when i can make decisions well that'll be somewhere else we don't let anybody make decisions that ain't going to be involved and it's so weird to me that every time that we there's like certain kinds of people that when you move them into a place where they can make decisions all of a sudden they think they shouldn't be involved anymore What, what what is it because we have we have an addiction to convenient christianity I, you know, I'd love to help more, but I've got all these other things going. Well, maybe you should shut some stuff down. Because I believe, I believe that we are called as a body to reach the lost in Tri-Cities. And I think as awesome as 25 getting baptized on a Wednesday night is, I honestly, it's just me, I just think it should be 50. I, I, think, what, I think what we have here and the caliber of people that you are, I think that we should be able to pull off a lot more. I think that I, uh, but, but I think that we have to realize that the door that swung open to us is not, is not hey, welcome to the land of ease. No, I think it's, hey, God's saying, I'm going to give you a greater opportunity. And if you'll step up, you'll see some crazy stuff. But you're not going to be able to be living by convenience. You're going to have to live by conviction that for this purpose we've been brought into the kingdom of God. you got to take up your cross. He ain't talking about stopping by K-Jewelers and picking up a chunk of jewelry. You know, you and I, we, you know, we, we have that gold cross, and it's got a diamond in it, and it looks so pretty. It be, it really think about taking an electric chair and hanging it around your neck. He said, what I want you to do is realize that this might actually cost you your life. And we have a hard time in our culture if it costs us our comfort. Well, it's too cold, it's too hot, it's too windy, it's too loud, it's too quiet. It's too oh, shut up. <laughs> trying to trying to maintain everybody's, you know, be a, you know, let's all let's be gentle with each other because we're Christians. We're easily offended. And we're trying to bring the lost in and get them saved. How are we going to do that? How are the lost going to come? You're supposed to be bringing them. Am I okay? I mean, just know this. If you get mad and leave the church, we're moving anyways. Is that like a mint? No, oh, that's a piece of somebody's tooth. Okay. Yeah. Deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow my example. You, you know, uh, there, there's a pastor who's pretty uh, effective. His name's Rick Warren. I thought maybe I'd use some of his stuff, so you wouldn't think it's just me. And uh, he has five points of follow, and I want to just read them to you really quick because we're out of time. I'd love to preach this for like two hours because I think we need this. I think we need to. I think we need to move ourselves from conveniently following Christ to following Christ with great conviction. But he has. Uh, Pastor Warren has put together this thing, and he pastors one of the most effective churches in America, and it's the five levels of following. And first, and I hope you're taking notes, write these down. The first one is called the crowd. And, and that's kind of like come and see. Even, even Jesus, when he, when he first connected with the disciples, he, he didn't start handing out instructions. He just said, come and see. It's in the Bible, come and see. And, uh, and uh, uh, he wasn't challenging them to do more, to give more. To, you know, he just said, come and see. And, you know, really, if, if you're just hanging around, you just kind of showed up recently and you're just hanging around. You take as much time as you need. If you're, if you're a guest here today, a visitor here today, when we, we're going to pass offering buckets when they come out. You ain't got to give nothing. Just kind of make sure the dude next to you that's a member, make sure he does. But, you know, you, you don't have to get signed up for anything today. You know, take as much time as you want, but, but don't, don't get comfortable just living there. You know, that, that's a place for people who have really not yet made a decision to follow Christ. They haven't cut away a lot of stuff. But if you've been, if you've been part of the crowd for a year, you've been in the crowd too long. The next, the next stage is called the congregation. And that's, that's not come and see. That's come and join in. That's kind of when church life starts to shift and, and, and uh, uh, you know, and you start becoming more connected with the family. Okay, I'm going to make this my family. And this is where, where, where it's not come and see, but it's come and join in. And, you know, uh, for example, grow groups. Saw that ad this morning for grow. You actually get in one. I'm going to build some relationships, and, and I'm going to become a more, more you know, active as a member of the family. I'm going to be a part of what God's doing at a family level. You know, uh, some of you parents can relate to this. You know, it's kind of weird, isn't it, when your kid's sitting on the couch eating your chips while you mow the lawn? You know, they're, they're using your TV, your Internet, your car. Your gas, your insurance, while you wash their clothes. It's not healthy. They're living like a guest, not like a family member. And some of y'all look around at everybody else serving. You know, when we say how many are on the dream team, it ought to be 90% of the hands, not 9%. You need to move from being a guest. To be a member of the family. And if you're a member of the family, get off the couch. The, the next is committed, and that's where it, it's not just come and see or come and join, but now it's come and grow. I'm not just building my down line, but I'm also building my inner man. I, I'm, I'm going to grow. I'm going to get in the Word. I'm, I'm going to really develop a prayer life. I, I'm, I'm going to complete the growth track. I, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm not just going to show up, but I'm going to accept some responsibility. I'll be a living example. The next, the next is called the core. So you've gone from come and see to come and join to come and grow to come and serve. Because Everything above that is all about me, but now I, I want to grow and I want to serve. You know, if you don't believe me about giving, talk to a giver, and they'll tell you how much better their life is. If you don't believe me about serving, talk to a servant, and you'll find out that, you know what, it really is awesome to be a part of what God is doing. And it's a lot more fulfilling than watching it. It's kind of cool to watch it, but you ought to be a part of it. Hello, somebody. And you know, really, those four stages kind of like our kind of like our vision here. You know, the crowd—that's our weekend services. Congregation—that's our grow groups. Committed—that's our growth track. The core—that's our dream team. But Pastor Warren goes on and he suggests there's one more stage, one more step. and It's the commissioned. And this is the ultimate, the ultimate step. And they don't just come to see or come to join or come to grow or come to serve, but they actually come to die, that I, I'll let God take my life, every aspect of it. I may tailgate, but while I'm tailgating, I want to be telling people about his goodness. I'm going to let God use every aspect of my life. When I go to work, yeah, I work for that company, but that company is going to have the presence of God show up because I'm going to walk in prepared, equipped, live a life. This is an example not only going to serve at church, but I'm going to serve my community, I'm going to serve my neighbors. So here's the deal today. Every one of us are somewhere. You're either part of the crowd, part of the congregation, part of the core. I've been, I've been in church my whole life, but I know I can count on one hand probably the people I know that are actually commissioned. So wherever we are, here's my challenge. Take a step take one step, just move yourself. Just get a little, just get, just, just press in a little more. Why? Because God's doing some great stuff. But he's going to, he's going to require some more from us. I'm you, he's going to require some more It was really cool last night during the five-minute break, I made the announcement, you know. That's the anticipation. giving self that needs to participate. Let's let's go deeper than we've ever been before. Let's be willing to deny ourselves. Let's be willing to, hey, I'll take up the cross. It might be uncomfortable. I, I might not like weather, but I can help park cars. It might, you know, I can do whatever it takes. Let me tell you what I'll do. I'll do any, I, I don't care what we need. I'll do, I'll do whatever we need to make sure that everything that we do succeeds. I wish that we had, you know, five or six people covered with tattoos that could shred a guitar like Tony. He can't play every service, so I'll play. We're going to get musicians so I don't have to play. If I have to, I'll park cars. I'm going to get a golf cart, you know, people carrier, and haul people up to the front door over there. I'll drive it. I'll do whatever. I'm telling you, I will do whatever it takes. You. We don't got anybody to serve ice cream cones to the kids? I'll do it. You know, got to run the words. Shelby and I'll figure it out. One of us will be up here, one will be back, we'll do whatever it takes. But you know what we need? We need a we need a we we need a crew of people with the same heart, same attitude. Just do whatever. What 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 do we need? What do we need? Because the thing's bigger than we are. I'm sorry, but we're not going to be able to pay everybody to do what we should be doing. So that means we're going to have to do it. We need you to take a step. Say, okay, God, you've opened the door for us, man. I've, I've just, I can't think of a, of, of a, uh, uh, of any greater way that God could get our attention. And say, okay, I'm calling you to a different level. I'm begging you, don't be the people that swing through the parking lot one point four times a month, walk in, sit down, look around, watch what everybody else has done. Hello. I want, I want to shake this kingdom. I, I, I want to take these cities. But more than anything, I want to please him. And if that irritates you, so be it. I want you to bow your head and close your book for just a minute. Maybe you're not following Christ at all today. Say, man, I haven't even got to the crowd part. Or maybe this is a day where it's time for you to make a fresh commitment. We're going to pray a prayer. We won't embarrass anybody. We won't have you stand. But if you're here in this room today and say, you know what, Pastor Tom, I need to surrender my life today. I need to commit myself to to Jesus Christ. I'm going to make this prayer my prayer. If that's you, while nobody's looking around, just hold your hand up real high so I can see it. I want to agree with you in prayer today. Thank you, sir. You can put it down. Anybody else? Thank you. That's awesome. You're sitting here thinking, wow, I wonder if that's me. Yep, it's you. Just hold your hand up real quick and we're gonna pray. It's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> I want everybody in this room to pray this with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me victory. I choose to live for you. I choose to serve you, regardless of the cost. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, give God one more big hand this morning. Amen. Reach for your worship guide real quick. You don't have one? I need a worship guide. Get this out. Open it up, the connection card. In just a minute, we're going to receive the offering. But you guys that raise your hand, do me a favor. Fill out the top portion of this card where it says my decision today. Mark the appropriate box. When the bucket comes by, drop it in the bucket. If this is your first time at the garden, would you introduce yourself to us? And uh, we want to make a note of your visit. You got a prayer request? Fill it out at the bottom. We'll pray over it all week long. Got a praise report? Fill it out. Put it in the bucket. You you want a place to get uh, more information about serving and getting involved on the back? Mark that. Get it in there. Guys, uh, we're believing God for some big things. Amen. We're not going to inundate you with unnecessary stuff. We're not selling your information, but we are going to walk together, do God life together. And we make a commitment to you that if you'll do it God's way, life will just get better. Let us help. you, Amen. How many guys came prepared to give today? Come on. How many came prepared to give today? We're going to give big Amen. Hold that offering up in your hand. Father, today we thank you that you give seed to the sower. We must be a sower because you've given us seed. Because we're a sower and we're sowing seed, then we have a promise of a harvest. God, we just thank you for what's coming. We thank you for what you've done in us and for us and by us and through us, but we also celebrate what you're about to do. And, Lord, today we we connect with you and we participate with you and, and we want to we wanna invest in you. And the Bible says that where our treasure is, that's where our heart's going to be. And so, Lord, we just want to invest in what you're doing. We see you moving. We don't want to miss the opportunity to participate. So, God, we we celebrate and we 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 give this freely to you and and cheerfully, God. And, and we just thank you for all that we're.